0: All right, hey guys. This is Garvita here. I am one of the State of Youth board members as well as the founder of WhyWaste. As a young change maker, I have pioneered several solutions to solve the global water crisis, and I've been very enthusiastic about the environment. I would love to welcome everyone to our next episode of Youth Talks, the State of Youth podcast. This podcast is a public space about hot topics for youth and activists from all around the world. We will be publishing one episode every two weeks and discussing different matters with diverse and interesting guests. Today, on account of World Environment Day, um, I'm very excited to be joined by Fionn, who is one of the pioneer young change makers in this field. Um, As much as I would have loved to talk all about this, (laughs) I am very excited to have Fionn with me. Um, who is a one wonderful change maker and environmental activist, Fionn, Welcome! Thank you so much for joining me. And I would love to start off with getting to know you a little bit better. And if you could share a little bit more about what you do.
1: Totally. Well, first of all, uh, thank you very, very much for that wonderful introduction. Um, And I'm so, so um, glad that I'm able to speak to you guys here on on Earth Day. I really, really hope that we can just inspire some more people to, you know, take care of our Earth, the habitat where we live. So my name is Fionn. I'm originally Irish. Um, I've got German and Portuguese parents and I currently live in the Netherlands and I'm studying chemistry. And what I love doing, well, actually, I love doing two things. The first thing I love doing is inventing, trying out new ideas and just seeing if I can build and invent new creations to make the world a better place. And then the other thing I love doing um, is telling other people about it and trying to get other inventors to do the same as what I do to invent um, for, I guess, a better world. So I think these things are linked and I'm really excited to get you going about that. Other things I love doing are I guess cooking and cycling in the countryside, um, and of course kayaking and sailing and just
0: being outside a lot. That's so lovely. And I we have a lot of common interests, I must add, (laughs) but not to take away from that. I love the fact that you share that you love to invent and of course inspire other people who love to invent. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you've invented? (laughs)
1: So I've invented too many things to count, a lot of them, and in fact, most of them don't work or didn't work out properly or, you know, kind of broke halfway along. But I think that's part of what I love about the invention journey, right? It's that I can try stuff out and nobody laughs at me if my invention doesn't work, which most of the time it doesn't. So um, I guess something that I'm most well known for for my invention journey is a new device to remove microplastic particles from water. Essentially my device, um, yeah, my device works by using these liquids and different cool science, which we'll geek out on in in a little while, I assume, but I've also invented so many more things, a device to measure microplastics in water, um, and then a whole load of other devices, which might be unrelated. So previous to my microplastic device, I made a device which could be used to measure the food content, so antioxidant content in foods. And then um, I've also uh, invented quite a few kind of beach cleanup devices as well. So I I think I'm not bound to one certain thing, but um, yeah, you name the problem in my life. I've tried to invent something to fix it. I'm not quite sure if it's always worked, but uh, I definitely have a a big box of Legos just behind the microphone for today's podcast, ready for after the podcast that I can go back and play with Legos and inventing something new.
0: So I'm guessing I'm supposed to give you a new problem that you can solve right now.
1: <laughs> uh, well, that, that, that would be wonderful, but I've actually just discovered one and that is that my microphone is quite loose. So I think that's the next thing that I have to invent is somehow a way to hold up my microphone better.
0: <laughs> love it, I love it. Um, that's so cool. I mean, I'm gonna take away from that and try to be a little more inventive in my life. But beyond, I love all of the ideas that you're thinking of, right? Can you can you tell us a little bit more about how you really came to this? You know, what was your process? Were you playing with Legos since you were three, or um, what? What was that? You know, breakthrough where I said, where you said to yourself that, Leon, if you see a problem, you're going to find the solution for it, and you're going to invent it yourself. And when did all of that start?
1: <laughs> well, I think. Um this type of thing, you can't pinpoint it down to one place, for me at least. Um, for me, I've always really enjoyed Legos. As you say, I think since I was very, very, very young, I was always given like Lego kits and, and gifts of, of things to build, like Meccano I loved as well. Um, just anything where I could really get my hands into it and like invent and build and, and play with my ideas. Um, but I think that also um, it took a while for me to realize that with these kind of skills that we got, because basically I think through Lego, the main skill you realize is that you can just try stuff out and if it doesn't work, nobody really cares. And I think the other skill is, you know, it gives you a bit of a mechanical sense. But I think that the main things that really got me into thinking, well, I can invent to make the planet better uh, was hearing about other people who were inventing and, and trying things out, but also hearing about the problems that were needing to be tackled. So for me, um, I got very, very passionate about the plastic problem. And this really came from when um, I was living on the coastline of Ireland. I was kayaking outside and I could actually see plastic on the shore, like in a lot of different places. And I think that that was not exactly very good. So that kind of motivated me to want to try and make a difference, try and make it better. And I did a bit of research online and realized there wasn't really anything out there that was currently doing that. So I thought, well, I can just apply my Lego concept and see, well, the worst thing that can happen is that my method doesn't work. And, uh, you know, that's okay. I've done that a lot of times. So I think that's what kind of told me that anybody could invent for that. Additionally, I think another major realization point was me for me, was a point when I realized that scientific topics, particularly the cutting edge, let's say microplastics, is not something that is inaccessible or something that's like way beyond what young people can fathom. Like, I don't need to have a PhD before you can get into these fields. But actually, just uh, reading a couple of papers, just getting stuck into that topic, very quickly, you'll find yourself like almost an expert on the topic. So I do think that... um, it's interesting also to to look at it on that aspect, that we can have um, these things in a way that anybody can access science and anybody can invent. And I think that was a major realization point for me.
0: Yeah, no, and I think what you said is so powerful in the sense that anybody can do it. And very often as young people, we forget that we are capable change makers. Um, that you know, we see problems around us in being young people growing up in this volatile, ambiguous FUCKA world that we have. Um, I think we are better equipped rather to think of those solutions because like it's what we're seeing on a daily basis. And I think that resonated so well in what you said, where you really saw these problems around you and and, and Compelled to make a difference, and you realize that you don't need to be a qualified engineer or a scientist to really teach anything in the world. You can do it um, if you have the conviction to. So that was really powerful. Thank you so much, Fionn. So, you know, just to uh, jump into Environment Day as we're talking about it, right? What does Environment Day mean to you? What is its significance?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so I think that for Environment Day, um, really, it, it's a day where we're, we're celebrating the, the habitat where we live. Right. So it's a day where the habitat where we live, that is the environment. And although if you're living in the city, you might feel like you're disconnected or far from that environment. You are still in the Earth's environment. And I think that we need to appreciate that more. And I think that that is what Environment Day is for. On that day, we can appreciate the beauty of the environment, but also we should remember that our environment is slowly, I guess, diminishing in its strength. And I think that we should uh, uh, we should think about ways that we can make it a better place. So I think it's an important celebration because in this celebration, um, hopefully we can draw more attention um, to the well-being of our world's environments, but also to the health and well-being of the place where we live and um, ultimately that more people can experience the beauty of our planet.
0: Yeah, that was so beautiful. I think um, you have really beautifully outlined why each and every one of us should celebrate. And, and I think when you talk about, you know, celebrating this day, it's not just, um, it's not a localized celebration where it's just a festival for us. It's the coming together of all of us, you know, of every being on the planet. And I think that's the most beautiful, um, you know, significant um, thought about it. So Fion, the next thing that I really wanted to, you know, kind of um, understand from you is what matters most to you when you're looking for a better planet? What is that one thing that matters most?
1: Well, I, I, first of all, I I, I guess this is be- me being very panicky, but I think that um, we shouldn't be looking for a better planet, as in a substitute to Earth, but rather we should be improving the planet that we live on. Um, so I think that what we should really look at is, is how we can make this place kind of sustain itself, right? Because currently, the processes that are going on are kind of one way in a lot of different respects. Um, Everything that we're doing at the moment is pretty much finite. It means that what we are using, the resources, are not in balance with what is being created on the other end, whether it's the oxygen that we breathe um, or whether it is the oil that we use to make different things. So I think those are very ambitious goals, but we can break them down into looking at what is most damaging to the environment right now. And I think that there are several um, major problems Uh, threatening the environment. And not all of them are just to do with science and engineering. I think they're intrinsically linked um, to to social sciences and and also I think human well-being as well. Um, So I think that's really important uh, to grasp. But for me, I think it is most um, important that we consider the um, effect of, of what we do and the effect of what we can change. And therefore, I think really combating this whole petrochemical Um, industry an issue, is something that I feel very strongly about. I think petrochemicals are are a large issue. So essentially, when I talk about petrochemicals, I mean things derived from crude oil taken from our ground. And I know a transition away from that is difficult. But I think that that problem is one that needs to be addressed fairly soon. And uh, I think also that that problem is something that just is so multi-stakeholder that it's really, really valuable to discuss um, on things like World Environment Day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm guessing that's why you're studying chemical engineering.
1: Uh, so I'm actually studying chemistry, um, okay. uh, which is, I guess, uh, quite a different study direction. So we really look at, and um, I guess that's what I would like to work in in the future, is looking at ways that I can um, essentially redesign processes from the beginning because at the moment there's a lot of cleanup actions and and things to do with plastic to get them out of the environment but we also need to try and prevent them getting into the environment in the first place and i think that that's where chemists come in plastics are not going to go away plastics are an amazing product to use and build stuff out of it's really strong it's got a long lifespan but it's a problem when it goes into the environment so I think that the world needs chemists who can redesign the way we make plastic um, to a point that we can make one that, that is safely biodegradable and uses renewable feedstocks in its manufacture. And I think that that is a really interesting study field to look at.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, that, that really sums up your experiences of, you know, inventing, and being so passionate about petrochemical uh, about the petrochemical industry, and finally wanting to design a trip stack. Something that I personally believe is when you try to solve a problem, you need to go to the root cause of the issue, right? You need to go deep down, and you need to understand where it has all started for you to build the solution. That's exactly what you're doing, and I love it so much. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so beyond over these. So many years that you have been working as a change maker. What do you believe is the most important piece of action that we need to take to save the planet?
1: Uh, I think that's a really difficult question because I think we can't just pin it down to one thing. But I think um, something that is perhaps the most important action that we can all take to save the planet is to care, right? I think there's just not enough people who want to uh, have a cleaner and safer planet currently. So I think that's spreading the message that no matter what you like doing, whether it is speaking in front of people, whether it is inventing, whether it is cooking um, or anything on the, on, on the big spectrum of jobs, all of those need to, in their own way, contribute to a circular economy. We can't blame just a certain industry. We all need to, um, I guess, become activists and and want um, and really have the will to change things. Because only with everybody on board, or at least the vast majority of people on board, to want to make the place a greener place, can we actually achieve change?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so powerful. Collective conviction is, I think, something that we need. And I um, love how you highlighted that. Um, so, Fionn, while we're talking about, you know, um, what is that one action, And we talked about uh, hitting the root cause while trying to solve it. So um, what my question was, is what do you think is the primary reason why we face the climate crisis today? So what what can we you know pin it down to probably because we talked about nipping the issues at the bud right going to the root cause of it. So what what do you believe it is for the climate crisis?
1: Ah, I think that the climate crisis um, cannot be pinned on one thing, but I think that um, it is a combination of of a vicious cycle. Um, I think that vicious cycle um, is is to do with. Um, I guess the nature of, of, of human innovation and, and human growth, right? We wanted to always innovate. And I think that's something very much in, in what we want to do. And I think that um, while, you know, ages ago, let's say in the industrial revolution, um, people were struggling with so many other things that were not climate related, like, you know, surviving a day, um, or, or really having your family survive and make money. And I think that, that caused kind of the or that resulted in a, a great use and a great use of the Earth's resources. But I think that these things are sustainable because, as a species, if we look back at, let's say, wild species in, in, in nature, they will utilize the resources of planet Earth to their ability. But I think that because um, us as humans have grown so big and that there's just so many humans around. Um, I think that all of a sudden these, these issues are a problem because there's just so many people who want something like this. So I think that um, the problem or where climate change came from um, as a result of humans, I think that that has very much to do with the growth of the human population on planet Earth. And I'm not saying that population growth um, and specifically, you know, large families or anything like that is a bad thing. But I, I do think that that has contributed into the environmental scene. Because I think no matter how green everybody is, no matter how, I guess, um, yeah, clean they are, the best you know ecological clothing that they wear, everybody will have an environmental impact. So I think that um, really, to tackle the climate change issue, we can't just focus on, let's say, you know, cleaning up plastic or stopping using oil, but we also need to uh, focus on a, on a social side to, to develop more countries to a more developed state because there, I think, um, we will just be able to, to have a cleaner economy um, on a more global scale.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I think to be able to collectively, uh, you know, come together to understand those nuances that it probably isn't anyone's fault, but rather the direction in which the world was moving at that point. And now there's a new direction that we need to take. And I think as young people, we are and have been the in a lot of ways the pioneers of you know driving this kind of change and 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 really want to kind of stir the conversation more towards how it is so important for young people today to jump into, you know, solving problems like this, having been a young change maker yourself. How do you yes. believe it has empowered you, um, you know, and and how do you believe it has been a more powerful experience simply because you were young?
1: I think uh, definitely. So for me, I think that you, youth have incredible power because they're so energetic. And I think also um, youth, have a huge power because they have you know, relatively fresh ideas. We haven't been around on Earth quite as long as old people. Um, and I think that that means that we haven't been you know, rote learned into the specific routine, the specific way of doing things that have been done for hundreds of years, which means that we have a much higher probability and possibility of coming up with something absolutely, completely new and groundbreaking. And I think that that is really the key um, why youth should get involved. And I think for me, that's why I like it too, because I can kind of, it's a place for me to voice my really often like absolutely crazy ideas and and really see if I can invent something and and see what happens to make the world a better place. And I'm gonna plug in my laptop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think to continue on that note, Um, really that if we look at youth and the concept of of youth becoming activists and why they are so powerful, I think it is that bringing of new ideas to the table, but also the energy. And also that I think um, they are really, really powerful because we are still young, um, that we are going to be around for quite a long time yet. So it is really our future we are fighting for. And I think that that means that we inherently uh, feel, I guess, a lot more strongly about it. Because if I am older, I think that, you know, at a certain point, I won't be around on Earth that long anymore. And I think that therefore my enthusiasm would probably waver um, uh, as to the energy of of youth to actually make a difference for the, the world that they'll live in.
0: Absolutely, I, I agree with every single thing that you've said. And I think all of it is so powerful. Um, and when and and just to kind of make this a little bit more fun um and interesting in terms of actionable content for our users, what are some of those tips and tricks that you would have um, you know, for young people as they go out into the world trying to identify and solve problems, invent solutions like you? So rightly like mentioned you know what, what are those oh, totally
1: totally i think there's a lot of tips and trips and tricks out there and i think that uh what's really interesting about it is is that uh, first of all you need to identify what you're actually passionate about so for me something that really hit me hard was this plastic pollution issue but i think that's fitting a square peg into a round hole is not what we want to try and do here i think everybody will find their niche of what really gets them angry and i think that if you're in that area where you are just really passionate about what you do you will make such a big change and i think that identifying what you like doing is really important and another thing on that note is you also need to identify what you like doing as in to solve that for me i am not the active you know climate strike type of person i i personally really really like you know sitting in the corner with my box of legos and i think that that is an interesting form of activism so people have to realize that there is no normal change maker. Every change maker has their niche of what they like doing and everybody can make a change. So if you like coding, I'm sure there are applications for that. If you like building stuff with Lego, well then, you know, ring me. And, uh, if, if you, if you, um, like, uh, Telling people about why they should change and mobilizing people. Well, first of all, I think you're really, really incredible because I'm not very good at mobilizing and and trying to speak to people on a, you know, an activist and and, um, protest level. Uh, So, first of all, kudos to you. But I think that's great. So everybody needs to identify what they like doing and make their perfect combination of activism. And it's not like something you need to stick to for life. It's something that you can change as you discover what you like doing. And then I think some people also think that it's really difficult to step into that. You need all this background knowledge like to to research science, to make sure you're politically correct. And that is true to an extent. But if you feel passionate about this, first of all, it won't be difficult. And second of all, when I started on the microplastic journey, I didn't know that much about microplastic. Now I do. You have to learn while doing. Don't feel like you are inferior to others. Um, or that you don't know enough to make valid arguments. But if you feel strongly about something, you know, bring your thought together and, and voice or act on what you think.
0: Phenomenal. That was amazing. Thank you. I think way, what, the way you spoke about finding your niche in every zone as you navigate through the process is what change making is all about. And like you rightly said, there's a change maker within each and every one of us, which is yeah. find.
1: And actually, um, so currently I'm starting a platform because I found it really difficult because I think there's a lot of connection spaces um, where it's great for activists to connect and like, for instance, what you guys are doing, which is incredible work to connect and talk about activism. But I just found it really difficult for myself to find, you know, actual scientific tools. You know, how do I test for microplastic if I'm at home and I do not have a lab equipped with, you know, $2 million of equipment and 50 uh, PhD engineers, things like that. So that's why I'm actually building an online platform, which will be released later this year, which targets that. It's like how to guides on like the geekiest of geeky science, but at home with no other materials. So um, that's something that I'm working on. Because I really think it could complement and um, already existing activist networks.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you're building this space for activists in your niche, if I might say. Uh, you know, who who can so wonderfully benefit from it, and in fact, even even folks like me who might want to someday create something new and and not know where to start. I, I think I'm going to be hopping onto your platform very soon. as out. Soon as so please let us know when it's out. We'd love to share it with our community as well. I think everyone would love to, you know, kind of learn from you.
1: Amazing. Yeah, cool. I'll definitely. So um, yeah, it's a big work in progress at the moment, but um, it's all about that we can try and curate scientific content for, you know, a young audience.
0: Love it, love it. We're so excited to see it beyond. on. Um, so, you know, as we're nearing the end of this conversation, um, I have one final question for you. Um, oh, yes. Let's roll the drums. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what has been your most valuable experience as a change?
1: Ooh. I think this is a very, very, very difficult question.
0: Suspense. (laughs) Yeah,
1: suspense, right? We have to build suspense for all all the people listening um, on environment day. Um, So I really, really think that for me, one of the most valuable experiences that I've had in my change-making niche was seeing that other people did what I do. Because for me, I was always at home in Ireland I was in really rural Ireland, and I just thought, well, I'm, like, weird. I like inventing. I'm not so into, like, social activities. I mean, friends at school were not really a thing with me. Like, I just liked being by myself and inventing and geeking out on science. And because I lived so remote, I didn't realize that there were others who did the same. So when I went to a science fair, and actually the Google Science Fair, I all of a sudden realized that, you know, there's a global community of people who, yeah, maybe to some people's eyes might be weird um, or maybe are geeks. But we all have one thing in common, and that is that we all just love inventing and getting our hands dirty and getting our brains active and the smoke coming out of our ears for the topic of science and invention. And I think that that was so powerful for me because I didn't realize that there were others out there. And I think if I would have known that earlier, I would have been able to invent and communicate so so much more because I think that once we get conversations uh, like this conversation and ideas bouncing off the fi- the walls and, and people just realizing that they're not alone, we can hear from problems from one side of the world and have people who think they have a solution from the other side of the world. I think that by building this global community um, we can get people excited, um, get people to make a change, um, uh, ultimately make a big change, but also make something much more important to the lives of those people. And I think that that is a community of friends.
0: I'm so energized just looking at the way you described it. and When you were talking about getting your hands dirty and brains work and fumes coming out of your ears, I could see that happening. And, and so thank you for you know energizing us so much. I think anyone who listens to this is going to leave on a supremely positive note, just like I am. So Fionn, I love the fact that you spoke about having those global communities and shared experiences because I think at this moment, right, in the world, change makers are very few and we need, uh, each, other to, so we need each other to support each other and move forward and of course, grow our communities and our tribe. And, um, and I'm so grateful for you know, opportunities like this where I get to speak with amazing people like you. Um, who who have energized me at a whole new level to want to do something new. So thank you so much, Theon. It has been so, so lovely um speaking with you. Um, and I hope everyone is energized this World Environment Day to take action, to become the change makers that they always wanted to be. No matter uh, if everyone was watching with me, you'd see Fion doing a super cool dance right now, trying to encourage all of you to be a change I am going to with him. but uh, you know, just to conclude quickly, I wanted to remind everyone that State of Youth podcasts be out every other week with a brand new episode, and followers can also give us suggestions about topics. And by simply DMing the State of Youth Instagram profile, beyond it has been so lovely speaking with you. It is almost bedtime for me, but I feel so energized, like I can live another day. So <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much. Well- Well, I think
1: um, really, really a big thank you for inviting me, and uh, I hope I've energized everybody at the other end, wherever you are listening. Um, I'm definitely here all by myself in my apartment feeling really happy, so thank you for inviting me for this conversation. Also, if any people out there want to geek out on science and, like, start chatting about their inventions, I'm always here. Like, you know, there's a pandemic on. I don't have that much to do except study. So uh, just, you know, uh, reach out, and I'd love to start chatting about you know new inventions and things like that and and let you know when my platform launches so I'm, I'm reachable yes. on different things I'm sure it'll be linked under the podcast but I'm, yes, I'm so excited and yeah thank you
0: absolutely Fionn I am um, excited to, I'm probably going to be jumping into your one of those chats with you <laughs> and also of course um, please do share your platform with us whenever it's out I know everyone's going to want to listen to it um, and you know learn from it um, and again thank you so much for being here thank you so much to everyone who has given their time and listened to both of us ranting about the environment <laughs> we really hope that it has energized you to become a change maker because in this world of constant change we are now in the constant change maker. so thank you all so much for joining and thank you to all once again you are phenomenal it's been a lovely lovely chat. yeah thank you <laughs>